Do you dream of having time and money freedom? Are you looking for ways to enjoy business and life harmony or just to improve your business and yourself? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with your host, Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn from experts in business, leadership, personal development, and mindset to help you create your ideal business lifestyle, whatever that means for you. And now, here's your host, Shirley Dalton. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. I'm on a mission to help you create your ideal business lifestyle. As a business strategist and executive leadership coach, I help my clients get their businesses under control, grow themselves and their teams so that the business works for them and their team and they can enjoy more money, more time and less stress. And if you'd like to know more, I invite you to visit ShirleyDalton.com. In my role as radio and TV show host, I bring you additional experts to help you improve your business and your life. And today we're speaking with Jeff Richmond, results-driven financial strategist, entrepreneur and business owner who is on a mission to disrupt the financial industry so that business owners can realise the most value from their accountants and advisors and accountants and advisors can grow and enjoy hugely successful accounting practices. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks, Shirley. Great to be here with you. Yes, and uh, really looking forward to this because not only are you helping the business owners to be able to understand better about their financials, but you're also helping accountants to not only grow their business, but to be able to provide that value to their business owners. So I'm really interested to have our conversation today. Yeah, it's a matter of um, both parties getting together and quite often it's just a lack of communication between the two of them that... um, is is the issues that I'm sort of trying to push forward with. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, generally when I start my interviews, I give our listeners a little bit about the guest's background, so I'll do that and then we'll get into the questions. So, Jeff, you're in a unique position to deliver on your mission. You've got nearly 40 years in the accounting profession and you own your own businesses and you've seen what works and what doesn't from many angles. You've worked as an accountant in your own practice as a sole practitioner, as well as with up to five other partners, and you currently head up Straight Talk Group, which is a team of business specialists, coaches, consultants, and South Australian business veterans who deliver straight-up business advice, coaching, and mentoring to maximise your clients' business results. As a sole practitioner, you grew your own firm 25% per annum for four consecutive years without advertising or purchasing clients, rising to the top quartile of accounting firms in business surveys. And with your deep understanding of the mechanics of business and unique concepts that you've created, you are able to turn a $5,000 per annum compliance client into a twenty to 50000 per annum consulting client who ultimately became an advocate, or advocates I should say, there was more than one, and your best referrers for new business. <laughs> so with all this experience, Jeff, you have also have an opinion on the way accountants should be helping their clients. So how about you expand on that for us? Yeah, Shirley, um, in Australia, and I'm, I'm not sure that the stats are too different in uh, the States, but three out of four new businesses that start up um, fail to get past year five. And, and I'm a firm believer that if accountants had more involvement and, and actually helped those small businesses along the way, um, those results would be much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think accountants are really bogged down with just doing the compliance work, doing the, the statutory tax returns and financial statements, um, and they don't have the time quite often to uh, help the clients. And that reminds me when I was working in the franchise organisation, and I often refer to this in my conversations because there was so much experience and stuff in that, but we had um, a lot of the franchisees didn't know if they'd made money from one year to the next until they went to their accountant. And, you know, that I thought was pretty sad and um, pretty sad on their part because, um, you know, they weren't looking at their figures, but pretty sad from the accountant's point of view that we were only doing this historical recording instead of helping the people to improve as they went along. So that's pretty pretty bad if you get to the end of the year and you suddenly find, oh, I didn't earn any money. Not that that was the case very often, but, you know, that could be a bit of a shock. 
quite often it is the case, though, surely, that uh, <laughs> they've been battling along and, you know, the, the setup of the business means that they've actually got some cash flow, but um, they, they haven't necessarily got profit. Mm-hmm. So, so what, in your opinion, can accountants do? You know, if if um, if they could be helping their clients better, so that we can improve those stats, and those stats are um, pretty general uh, across. I know in us in America, we've been here, and they've been saying, you know, the similar figures. Um, so, what can they do? Well, it, it comes down to to in the first instance, accounting firms showing interest in their clients um, and, and interest in their clients' results. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there's this just constant pressure for accounting firms to um, knock out the tax returns, uh, knock out the financial statements and get them lodged on time and, and it's almost, you know, pick up one file, prepare it and send it off and get on to the next. I've seen examples where accountants will send out a um, a set of financial statements and tax returns and almost sending a, a, a good news message to the client, hey, by the way, you didn't, you don't have to pay any tax. Um, you know, so without sort of going back and saying, oh, actually, that meant you didn't make any money or you didn't make enough to uh, be in a taxable position. Um, and, and that's where I think there's, a, there's a, just a mindset that isn't right. So, so what you're saying is that um, the accounting firms are uh, busy, 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 busy doing the compliance work to ensure that the clients' records are in check with the taxation department and, and lodging all of their financial statements on time and then basically sending them a letter or, or some message that's saying, well, um, isn't it good that you don't have to pay tax? But from your point of view, that's not a good news thing because if they're not paying tax, it doesn't. It means they're not making any money. And that's what I'm hearing from you is that you really want to be involved and in helping your clients to be running a better business and to be making more money. That's right. I mean, back in 1979 when I first started my practice, so... You know, this was before computers and all sorts of systems. We had a, a, a mantra in our office that no set of financial statements or tax returns went out without us making comment on the results. What, what could have they done better? Did you realise that your figures tell us that this happened or last year you, you spent this and this year you spent this? Um, so asking questions and, and stimulating the clients to think more about their business and uh, and ask more questions back of us as well. And, you know, that's a really interesting um, philosophy that you're coming from then, just as you were saying that, I got the picture of almost like a school report, you know, how has Johnny done this year, or too often talkative in class, or he's made a huge improvement, uh, as opposed to he got an A, he got a B, he got a C, and, and that's what I'm hearing is that, the reports say, well, you made this much money and you paid this much tax. Um, but for a lot of the small business owners, they don't know how to read these reports. <laughs> so. Absolutely. We, we ran um, actual education sessions for our clients and, and had uh, one-day seminars where you come in and we'd, we'd train um, small business owners on how to read the um, financial statements. And, and what that meant was that they understood them a little bit better to be able to actually ask questions mm-hmm. because a lot of a lot of small businesses feel inadequate or you know just that the, they don't want to ask the, a silly question so if, if we get educate them a bit better then they might ask the, the pertinent question that stimulates everybody's interest and um, turns things around yeah and I think it's also a case of you don't know what you don't know you know if you if you don't know so, um, about a topic then you can't ask a question about it either so so we've got two things there not wanting to ask a stupid question but, but not knowing enough yeah. to ask any questions exactly yeah and that's one of the philosophies we really push at straight talk is that um, all businesses and even us we don't know what we don't know no one does mm-hmm. you ran your own accounting practice for over 35 years what would you say are some of the things apart from what you've already mentioned that you did differently that you feel other accountants don't do and then how would that benefit so you know you mentioned um, making a report for people and running some education sessions yeah um, we, um, we we really 
drove our relationship with clients by asking questions, showing interest in their business, finding out what made, made it tick. And one of the key principles to ensuring business success is to um, set some goals for where you want to go and, and then um, uh, drive the business around what the business drivers are. So identify what really drives the success of your business and measure and monitor those those factors um, to uh, ensure that they keep on track. Um, and there's one thing that you can say is that uh, if you don't have a, a target for your, yourself for any period or, or life of your business, then there's a fair chance you'll hit it with um, cons a great deal of consistency. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay. So, so I'm going to ask the, the the question on behalf of our listeners. Can you give us an example of what you mean by the drivers? Because people hear this comment, you know, that we need to know what the drivers are for the success of the business. But I, on some occasions, I think people may not understand exactly what that term means. Yeah. Um, when I have witnessed um, some consultants or, or probably accountants is probably the better description, review um, a, a set of financial statements, the suggestion will be um, your sales are down, you need to increase sales. Now, sales are a, a result, they're not a, you, you can't just turn up tomorrow and say, okay, let's, uh, today boys, we're going to increase sales. Um, that's the result of whatever actions you're taking. So the drivers might be um, the way you price your product. It might be the the the, um, the way that you package it with your other products, um, the sales process, the marketing process, the um, the efficiencies within your organisation to get the best results. I mean, um, a, a lot of businesses that are in um, a production type environment where they are combining labour and materials, they don't really understand how to create the um, the the pricing um, and whether it's priced too high or too low, and uh, whether they've got the right right mix in terms of that attitude. So all those little things behind the the scenes all add up to create the end result, which is what the accountants measure when they do a financial statement. And, and I'm guessing then that through a discussion with an accountant who's thinking along the same lines as this, people would then be able to work out what those key things are um, and then and then really be able to, as you say, to measure it and to monitor it and then to work on it. So uh, I think that's a really important thing for people to be able to do. Sure. Sure. Okay, well, look, we're going to take a short break and you've written a book called The Wow Factor, How Successful Leaders Manage People and Add Value. So when we come back, let's get into some of those really juicy topics that are in the book. Stay with us and we'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate and support you to be, do, have and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your ideal business lifestyle. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Just Todfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Reclaim Your Freedom. 
Welcome back, everyone. Well, we're talking today with Jeff Richmond, who is a results-driven financial strategist, entrepreneur, and business owner who's on a mission to disrupt the financial industry so that business owners can realise the most value from their accountants and advisors, and accountants and advisors can grow and enjoy hugely successful accounting practices. And so the sad fact is that three out of four businesses will be out of business by five years. And uh, that seems to be a generalised thing. And Jeff is doing something about that, both by helping business owners and also helping accountants who help business owners. Now, Jeff, you've written a book and it's called The Wow Factor, How Successful Leaders Manage People and Add Value. And that's a really surprising topic for me because you're an accountant and traditionally accountants are numbers people, not people people. So tell us a little bit about how your book came about. Yeah, I guess I have to fess up, Shirley. Um, the, uh, the title of the book was something that came from my editor. Uh, I did write a book and the book is about my experiences in running an accounting practice and all my interactions with both uh, clients and also our team. Um, and after the editor went through the book and helped me um, um, phrase things correctly, etc., he said, Jeff, this isn't a book about um, accounting firms and dealing with accountants. It's a book on leadership. So he suggested the new title. So uh, that's how it, how it came about. Okay, well then you must have learned a thing or two if you, you know, if your your business that you were in was accounting and helping people with their running of their business and yet when you've written the book your editor has picked up and said no, no, this is about leadership and it's about people so obviously Jeff you've learned a thing or two. So, <laughs> Yeah, well it was interesting after I'd finished basically putting all the, the book down on, on paper uh, I stopped and realised that <clears throat> just about every every um, topic or facet of what I was, you know, proffering in the book was was about people, and it, it really did. And my original title was "Stop Thinking in Numbers and Start Thinking of People," uh, because that's what it just kept on coming back to that the, it's relationships with people and and clients and and employees, and uh, you get better better performance out of everybody and yourself if uh, if you work on relationships. Wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. That's uh, that that's big in the accounting industry for, for somebody to be getting that and then to be sharing that. So congratulations for you. Um, so tell us about some of the, the things that you learned and I know in the book you, you mentioned a number of mistakes and uh, so these I'm guessing are things that either you've done personally or things that you've seen have happened. So give us a couple and uh, one of them that I can remember is called not treating your people as a team. Yeah, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> you're right Shelley, the, the, it, it all came about from me reviewing what I did throughout the 35 plus years as a, an accountant in practice. I, I first started my practice when I was 23 years old. Myself and a, a mate that I'd worked with uh, decided that we were good enough to have a crack. So we started up then and gee, we were young enough um, and eager enough but we made a lot of mistakes along the way and it's only by reflection that you can now sort of be the, the wise head to be able to say, well, um, you know, I've tried it that way and it didn't work. Um, <laughs> so, And that's, that's sort of my philosophy with clients as well, is that once you become an accountant that actually gets involved with, with helping small businesses, you see what they do wrong and what failed. So you, you're armed with that expertise, even though it wasn't your experience, you've seen it to be able to point that out to the next client that comes along with the same issues. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, but, sorry, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, so give us some example then of, of what you mean by not treating people as a team. What have you seen? Yeah, well, um, initially when, when I started out, it was just the two of us and so then we got it on employees because we realised that if you wanted to make a dollar, you, you, you um, had to actually leverage your time and get more people producing work and initially we we really did just treat those people as 
you know, a tool to earn, earn money. And it uh, um, wasn't until later on as, as I matured that I realised that um, they were all only short-term fixes to, to get the best out of you know, your business and yourself. Um, you needed to build a, a team that were engaged in what you were doing and, and we often use the analogy of getting everybody on the bus and um, you know we wanted all of our team to be on the on the same bus heading in the same direction and all with the same uh, goal to get to at the end of the trip um, and to do that what I did was I actually got um, my team really involved in the decision making process in the firm as well mm-hmm. we we would um, have regular team meetings where everybody from the you know the most junior in the the business to you know the, the to ICs the second in command that would um, all just brainstorm ideas what we're we going to do and um, and I might have had an idea or I did have an idea of where I wanted to take the bus but if I got them to put their input into it and refine those ideas whereby <clears throat> along the way we would stop off for a you know, a fuel check here or uh, um, to um, you know, maintain the, the engines a bit sort of thing, um, they felt involved and they felt in, in empowered to sort of help drive the bus a bit. So that, that's really what we, we achieved by getting the team involved. And it's interesting that you say that, that you learned that, you know, through experience and were able to put that in place. We, we interviewed... Um, uh, an innovation strategist and he was recommending to people that they have what he calls innovation meetings um, where the people come together and say customer service can tell you about the issues that they've got with the customers because um, product development hasn't thought of something and you know those sorts of things and this is what you're saying here where you're getting people to actually come together and talk and then uh, give you that feedback on how the business can be improved and where you can go with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, like one of the ideas that we come up with our team, we, we were constantly trying to um, wow our clients. That was almost a theme throughout the office. And um, one of the ideas that we came up with, which came from a, a junior, was that when um, you send out the tax return to your client and they've got a big tax bill, that's not really a very relationship-building um, engagement that you're sending out a letter and saying, uh, "Here's your bill that has to be paid within 30 days to the to the tax department." Um, so we come up with an idea to sort of lighten it up and sort of show them we cared. Where we sent them a uh, a scratchy lotto ticket and said um, words to the effect that, you know, I know this isn't a, a good feeling us sending you this tax bill, but hopefully. Uh, our little gift in here will help lighten the load and, you know, if you win $10,000, at least let us know. (laughs) Very innovative. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that your clients would have enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Another quirky idea, and it was all about sort of just making the clients feel that that we felt for them or or were, were on their team was that, Everybody sends out um, Christmas cards to their clients and they just, you know, run off and same sort of messages and, and you'll have a, an office full of Christmas cards all hanging around the office or just piled in a corner. But we decided that we would do something different. So we sent out um, happy 29th of February cards <laughs> and we and we sent them every year, not every fourth year, but... Uh, every uh, three out of the four years, we'd be getting clients saying that there's no leap here this year. But um, um, our, our comment in that was that we know that um, you're back at work now and, and you've packed away the Christmas cards and uh, we thought we'd just give you something to brighten your day that um, perhaps uh, nobody else did. So, again, just quirky. And, and every every team member, we had a, a headshot of every team member of our firm uh, in the card that we set out to them and yeah, so it was relationship building. So the message that I'm getting here that, um, and I think that it's the message that you're wanting to give other accountants and that, is that in business, even though you're doing accounting, 
you're a person and you have feelings and you're recognising that your clients have feelings and then you're finding ways to demonstrate to them that you actually do understand this and um, even though you know you might not be able to, uh, or I'll, I'll rephrase that, even though you've done your best to re reduce the tax bill that they do have to pay, uh, you understand how they're going to feel when they do have to pay it. Yeah, yeah. You, and that's all about building engagement, which I think we're going to have a chat about later. Yeah, well, let's go there now. So um, what is this difference? Is there a difference between client engagement and client loyalty? Yeah, well, traditionally accountants have a very loyal base. Um, people don't change accountants very often. In fact, I can remember probably 30 years ago um, we had a personal friend of one of my partners talked to us about his business and um, we looked at his financial statements and identified that um, his accountant wasn't looking after him. And, and we even went to the stage um, of saying, listen, um, keep paying your current account accountant. And the, the problem was that this person was close friends with their current accountant and so they didn't have the, you know, the, didn't want to upset anybody by leaving and we said, well, just keep paying him his, your fee and, and we'll do it and we'll save you more than that in tax. <laughs> um, and they, they still wouldn't change. Um, and so there's this loyalty factor that accountants um, build with their clients and it's because you're talking about a lot of very personal things. Um, you, know, you, you get to see what they spend their money on and, and um, you get to know all their family because you know they're all involved in their tax planning and so forth. So it becomes quite close. Um, but the difference between that being loyal and an engaged client is um, engaged clients will give you feedback on what you're doing right or wrong. Mm -hmm. They'll take up your offers when you promote other services. Um, and probably one of the big things is that they'll go and tell people about you and they'll, they'll refer people um, and um, they, they really feel as though part of your, they're part of your, your team and your, your, um, your firm. Um, they, uh, they, they listen to what you do and they, they react. I had one client, we, we used to offer a lot of um, training sessions and seminars and things like that and and one client was a pretty close friend as well, and I said to him, "Are you getting fed up with the, you know, us bombarding you with all these um, offers?" And he said, "No, Jeff, just keep them coming because um, I've got the right to reject them if I if I don't. But if I don't know about them, I, I can't take them up." And so, and he was very much an engaged client, and and still is today. But yeah, so. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, they they just take up that that offer and. Um, and they're more they're loyal, definitely loyal, but they they respond and give you um, the feedback that you need to to grow your business and be better. Mm. So what I'm hearing there is that you really want to um, not only have loyal clients, but you don't want to have clients that are just paying you even though they're not feeling like they're getting really good service. They're paying you because they can't have the conversation to say, hey, <laughs> this is not working for me. Um, but you actually want loyal clients that are engaged and, and that's the real um, uh, sweet spot there that uh, they are engaged and they are giving you the feedback, positive and negative. We're going to take a short break and when we come back, let's talk about some of the other things that you've learned, some of the other mistakes that you've got in your book. Stay with us and we'll be right back. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand or your business? Jess Todfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. 
That's why she recommends using MindMovies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash MindMovies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash MindMovies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your ideal business lifestyle. are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Welcome back. Well, we're having a fascinating conversation today with financial strategist, um, accountant, business owner and entrepreneur, Jeff Richmond. And Jeff is looking at things from both sides of the coin here. He's looking from his accounting point of view and his business experience, helping business owners to do better in their business, but also looking at disrupting the financial industry and actually helping his fellow accountants to engage their clients more. And just before we went on the break, we were talking about the difference between client engagement and client loyalty. And, And I was saying to Jeff on the break that I've actually been to parties where people have been talking about that exact same thing where they for some reason did not want to leave their current client but they were a current accountant but they would actually go and and see another accountant get the ideas and then go back and that's a a pretty sad state of affairs and so if you're an accountant and you're listening to this then um, there's lots of clues here that Jeff is giving you and if you're a business owner there's also lots of clues because while some of these examples are accounting, you can actually take the idea and apply that so that you've got much more engagement with your own business, uh, your own clients. And now, Jeff, getting back to your book, uh, and it's called the the Wow Factor. And uh, let me just scroll and find that how successful leaders manage people and add value. And uh, one of the mistakes that you mentioned in the book is thinking, I only have time to sell. So tell us a little more about that, please. Yeah, traditionally, a a lot of professional firms, accountants being uh, in particular, believe that they have got this right to charge people by the hour. Um, And and I know way back some years ago, I had exactly that attitude. A number of times I would have said to a client when they sort of suggest or asked how much will this cost, I'd I'd say, well, things like how long's a piece of string? <laughs> I've only got time to sell. Um, and on reflection now, I, I just think how silly that was. And um, I, uh, um, you know, I'd use the analogy sometimes that how would you feel if you rang up uh, Qantas and said, listen, I want to fly from Adelaide to Sydney. What's that going to cost? And they started saying, well, we don't know what the wind velocity is going to be like. We don't know. <laughs> whether it's going to be fogged in so we don't know how long it's going to take. So uh, we'll work it out after the event. And it just, those sorts of things just make it so ludicrous that accountants still think that they've got the, the right to charge by the hour. Ah. It, um, it also, yeah, so, and, and it comes down to that why should someone be paid more for being slow? Um, yeah, yeah. And you know, I've I've uh, I totally misinterpreted that quote then where I've read it as I've only I only have time to sell as in I'm selling something, but really what you're talking about there is uh, what you're selling is time where where you're talking about charging by the hour and and it's interesting there you talk about the efficiency when when I first started my business I was absolutely determined that I wasn't going to charge by the hour and what I used to say to my clients is that the more inefficient I am, then the more you're going to pay. Is that what you want? And they'd be looking at me going, no, 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 that's not what we want. <laughs> you know? But uh, but, but some, some, for some people that is the easiest thing, isn't it? It's, oh, well, let's just charge by the time and I think you know, a lot of people, they would have it in increments of six minutes or something and you think, Get off the phone. I don't want to have a conversation. I don't care about your wife and kids. Just give me the answer. This is costing me. So, so we turned it around to selling value. And so um, every assignment or project that 
we do now in any accounting, in fact, any, any consulting or accounting work or coaching, we, we do a fixed price and, and before we start work on it, the clients know what they're investing in and you can talk to them about their expected outcomes and and um, then everybody's on the same page. And it doesn't matter whether um, I produce a result that um, took me five hours and say, or benefits the client by hundreds of thousands of dollars or a thousand dollars. Each of those assignments have a different value proposition, mm-hmm. and, the, and, and 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 to be honest, they will be priced differently depending on the outcomes, uh, especially when we're in um, a litigious society these days. Where if I get it wrong, then I'm sure that I'm not going to get sued for. The time it took me, it'll be the the uh, opportunities lost or, or or costs incurred by the the client for the the bad advice or or service. So um, yeah, so we, we price things on a value based on on a client basis and say, well, are you interested in investing X dollars for us to help you achieve this outcome? And and invariably, that's the client says, yeah, that's got to be worth that because that's what we want to achieve. And I think also what you're saying there too is that um, you're being very clear about the outcome, like it's very measurable. You either hit it or you don't. And we even take it a step further with some of the consulting work that we do. Um, we we help clients with their marketing strategies uh, and um, help them drive their business and identify those those drivers we spoke about earlier. And, and we will um, peg our remuneration based on a and it improves bottom line performance by the, the client so that we'll, we'll basically take a, um, a, a percentage of the, the improved outcomes for the client. Uh, so we take a lot of the risk on board ourselves. If we don't produce, then the, then the client doesn't pay. Mm, yeah, I was hearing that as you were saying that and that you really are backing yourself there. And if you didn't yeah. think you could do it, then you, you wouldn't be offering it. Yeah. And we've also got the right to actually then say, listen, we're, we're going to put in as much effort as we believe is necessary to get the outcomes and nobody can challenge you that you didn't try hard enough because you'll always try hard enough if it's if it's going to get the results that benefit everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. The other, the other factor that, that just doesn't make sense in this environment, Shirley, is that... Um, a small business owner could walk into one of the larger accounting firms in Australia, referred to as the big four, um, and they might be getting charged, and it will be by the hour, um, you know, $400 an hour to do a fairly simple tax return where they could walk into a firm with um, you know, a partner in a, 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 a suburban firm and might get charged $200 an hour and they'll get exactly the same result, exactly the same outcome and their fee will be exactly double. Um, and there's no, no logic to that. Um, it does come back to the perceived um, value by the client though, and some people will pay more to a, a big four firm because they perceive there is value in that, and that's something that accountants aren't really good at selling either. Right, that perceived value, yeah. Okay. And that small businesses uh, fall down there as well. And uh, I think we've got time in this segment for one more question, and that is about delegation, something that you're really, really passionate about. How come? Well, um, if I were to try and do everything that a client asks of me, then obviously I'm going to be tied up doing things that... um, are just going to bog me down. Um, there's so so many hours in the day. So if if I can learn to delegate those those tasks, then um, we will get more output, and and it will free me up to do the more important things uh, on behalf of the client. And that applies to any small business. We actually get our clients to have a notepad or now an electronic notepad and just throughout the day just make notes of what tasks they've done uh, over a few days or a week. And then at the end of the week, sit down and have a look and say, what could I have delegated this to to somebody who is less skilled, less experienced, less senior? 
um, and freed up a whole lot of time for me to do stuff that I know is sitting on my shelf to to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that um, uh, a lot of people think that, that nobody can do it as good as me, or, or you know, my employees can't do it as good. And, and my experience is the number of times I've gone into small businesses um, that um, the staff tell me, if only the boss wouldn't interfere, we'd get this done better. <laughs> um, and, and that's reality. <laughs> um, but they keep sticking their nose in it. Yeah, yep, and I hear that a lot myself. And uh, in fact, uh, one of my clients finally got the message and he said, Sure, he said, I've just got to get out of the way. And I thought, Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, all right, well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look at the end of the world as we know it. Now, that's something fascinating. Stay with us and we'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal business lifestyle. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Just Todfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Welcome back. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm Shirley Dalton and we're talking today with Jeff Richmond. And Jeff is an experienced business owner, entrepreneur and accountant and has learned a lot of lessons. As he said, he started his business with a partner at age 23. Uh, Very young, uh, very green, full of vigor and full of energy and learned a whole lot of lessons along the way. And Jeff, you've written a book called um, The Wow Factor where you talk about leadership and managing people and you're quoted as saying, it's the end of the world as we know it. Now, that sounds a bit scary, so you better tell us what you mean by that. Okay, Shirley. This was um, a way that we promoted to our clients the benefit of delegation. We, we touched on delegation earlier, but this this was how we... Um, gave a real-life example of the benefits of delegation. And what happened was back in 2001, we were running an in-house seminar for our team where we used to go away for a weekend and we'd call them a team-building day and we'd, we'd brainstorm ideas and strategies and talk about lots of things, um, but nothing that most accounting firms would talk about. We'd talk about... Um, how to wow our clients and how to improve systems and things like that. But on this particular occasion, I um, I went the night before and carted a whole lot of the audio-visual gear and, and some of the supplies and I actually hurt my back. And we spent the weekend during this session with me hobbling around with ice packs on my back and so forth. And the upshot of it all was that I ended up... Um, in hospital and um, one of the treatments they gave me introduced a, a, um, an infection into my spinal column so I was in there for a long time with treatments and so forth. So I was actually off work for three months and then couldn't work full time for another three months. So we position this as a, an opportunity. <laughs> don't really want these sort of opportunities to come around too often but we <laughs> We positioned as an opportunity to highlight what we'd done at our firm that um, proved that this really wasn't the end of the world. Um, 
but we we pose the question to our clients: um, Would this be the end of the world um, for you? And mm. we saw that as an opportunity to use the um, song by REM, "The End of the World as We Know It," and and played that as people arrived at the the seminar that we ran, and we just highlighted what we'd done within our organisation to introduce systems and and a team that uh, could carry on without the supposed number one man not being there. Oh, yeah, and, I, and I'm sorry that that happened to you. I'm sorry that you had to experience it that way. But, gee, you know, that's one of the biggest issues facing small business owners is this only I can do it. And, you know, and then when you're forced to not be able to do it, you soon realise, well, actually, I am replaceable. <laughs> Yeah, well, the good part about us is that we had already implemented systems. I, I tried to make myself the least busiest person in the office. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd set this sort of up. And I set myself up for a fall, so to speak. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so and, and then I, what I did further was I actually got some of my team to go outside their comfort um, zone and they presented at this seminar about what we had instead installed at the, the firm and, and how that created the benefits and, and that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. One of the things that I often sort of say to clients is that 80% um, is good enough. Um, mm -hmm. If you can delegate and get your team to produce 80% of what you think is the benchmark, then uh, I, I sort of say if you've got 10 people doing 80%, that's 800%. Um, are you going to have the time to do eight lots of 100% um, in the same time? And the answer is always no. And, and then the, the biggest other factor is that you're probably kidding yourself because uh, you, um, <laughs> you're not that good and you, you're not producing 100% yourself. Oh, you, did you say kidding or killing yourself? No, kidding. You're probably killing yourself as well. But, yeah, I'm saying you're kidding yourself that you're not you're not doing it as good as you think you are anyway everyone makes mistakes yes yeah and and what I've found too is watching the business owners when they run themselves ragged that they really aren't being efficient and they do drop the ball on things you know so it's it's yeah it's like the juggler when you've got so many that you're juggling and then you've got to try and catch them all together you, you know you do you drop them and you miss them and I love that saying so listeners if you're in business just Hear this again, 80% good enough and if you've got people doing, if you've got 10 people doing 80%, that's 800%. So, and as Jeff said, can you do eight times 100% in the same time? Hmm. Now that's that's a tweetable quote there, Jeff. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing I found from early days was that when I tried to get involved to do some of the stuff and help out team members to get production out of the way, I ended up getting drawn away from that with the day-to-day -day crisis management for either internally or for clients. And the stuff that I tried to do, I ended up putting down and it got done later than if uh, I had just left it where it was with the, the delegated team members. So it, it's all about you know, allocating resources and if you can have the people at the top there available to deal with things that are important when they arise, then delegation pays off time and again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, great advice there, great advice. So the name of your book is called The Wow Factor. So what are some wow ideas? Yeah, um, over the years we, we've sort of studied um, the principles of customer service and, and how to wow people and and there's a particular book that I'd recommend anybody to have a look at as well as mine mm -hmm. um, by a fellow by the name of Dr. Paddy Lund, L-U-N-D. And he's actually a dentist that implemented mm -hmm. a whole lot of really special things in his dentistry practice. And he came up with this term called critical non-essentials. Critical non-essentials? Yes, critical non-essentials. Um, and Or CNEs, as he refers to them in his book. Um, but basically it, it pointed out and it really highlighted to me that um, people don't value what you do for them just on the technical stuff you do. Um, if you give me your books and records to prepare your financial statements, there's every chance you don't know if they're right. Mm -hmm. um, 
and and ninety nine percent of clients will just take them on on value and say, well, you're the accountant, you worked them out. So that's an expected, that's a given. So you're never going to impress somebody by getting their tax returns and financial statements right because that's what they expect. Mm-hmm. But they don't know. Mm-hmm. Whereas if when they come into your office, everything that you do in there wows them, all the critical things or the, the non-essential things then start to become critical because if you make them think that everything you're doing is so finely tuned and so much attention to detail, then they'll just believe that all the technical stuff you do will be spot on. One of the examples we got was when someone came into our accounting practice, into our reception area, the receptionist would walk around from behind the uh, counter and actually give every person that came in a, a menu with, with their name on it and um, a list of things to choose from and she would make a coffee in front of them from a barista machine and, and just wow them right from their word go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just one of the quirky things that we tried to do to make clients feel um, uh, feel important and um, and when they saw that detail then they, that, that, they would get the impression that these guys aren't going to trip up on, on what we expect everybody to get right. Mm. And that's really that uh, saying, isn't it? Um, how we do anything is how we do everything. And so if you're paying attention to that, then the expectation is that you'll pay attention to my accounts. Um, I love it. Jeff, we're, we're out of time. Where can people find out more about you or get a copy of your book? Well, the book's about to be launched, so it's not yet. But um, if you look up our website, um, Talk com.au and um, uh, we're, we're still in the throes of putting the links up there but it'll be up there any day sort of thing so uh, mm-hmm. um, but that'll find you'll find out about us and the book will soon be coming fantastic all right well if you're in business and you happen to be an accountant listening today I expect you've got a ton of ideas and notes and if you're in business but not an accountant not only have you gotten lots of ideas for running your business better but thanks to Jeff you should also have some more ideas for working with your accountant in a more productive and results driven way Jeff thanks so much for talking with us today it was great chatting with a fellow Aussie thanks Shirley Listeners, thanks for joining us today as well. As Jeff mentioned, I encourage you to have those conversations with your accountants so that you can maximise your results and continue to create your ideal business lifestyle. Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next week for an inspirational and educational edition. Until then, be sure to implement what you've learned today to create your ideal business lifestyle. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here for the next show.